0: Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel Coming to you every day
1: Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And you can probably hear the sound of crashing waves in the background. I'm being mildly lulled into today's episode and I've also been at an incredible festival for the whole of last week um, here in Esfiguerell at YogaFit and it's been an amazing week of connecting with new teachers, new practices um, and new experiences and I'm absolutely exhausted. It's also the full moon in Scorpio so that's been a wonderful combination Um, but I'm still going and I'm so happy to say that I've managed to zip out down here onto the sand um, to speak to today's guest, Sephardic Persian flamenco dancer Leila Bruekin. Um, She was born in New York and she's been based in Spain since 2000 and graduated from Columbia University um, with a BA in film studies but she began her flamenco dance formation with respected New York based professors who gave her the necessary foundation to follow her growth in Spain in Madrid and she continued her studies at the renowned Dance Academy Amor de Dios under great masters of flamenco including Maria Magdalena, Manuel Reyes Rafaela Carrasco and Jose Maya, while completing her knowledge of flamenco in Sevilla with a Farucos which I'm very excited um, to find out so much more about in this episode. I've been dying to create an episode about flamenco for a really long time after recently, very recently, taking up some new classes uh, and studying a little bit with Layla in the winter at the project and also just kind of finding out that she's actually a musician as well and is about to launch a new record. So today's episode is going to be a deep dive into all her creative growth and spurts and knowledge, and wisdom, and um, dancing, which I've been absolutely loving. So welcome to the show, Layla. Thank you so much for having me, jo. Um, It's just a pretty epic spot, I have to say, before we begin. Sitting here on Esfigurel Beach with the sound of these wonderful, watery, kind of voluminous, lulling... What do they call it? I think in Hawaii they call them ulolas. That's the word for wave, which is one of my favourite words on the world.
0: I love that. Yeah, you couldn't ask for a more inspiring setting to... Uh to share you know uh, creativity and information
1: I think you know it's been a long time coming this podcast we have been talking about trying to squeeze this into our schedules for quite some time you've been busy I've been busy but it feels very lovely to be sitting
0: here on a little little sarong in with our tuttis in the sand I am very grateful and um, I remember meeting you in the classes and uh, I already knew you from the podcast so um, I'm very happy that we made it happen
1: I didn't I love the way these little kind of you know meetings happen and obviously you didn't really know who I was when I came to your class and we got chatting and you're like you know you know you'd already heard the show so it was just really nice sometimes I just think nobody listens to it so it's always wonderful to know there's just somebody somewhere (laughs) who enjoys the Reset Rebel podcast. Tell us first up you know how did you so you were in Madrid for you know almost two decades and then you came to Ibiza a few years ago so tell us a little bit about you know why did you end up in Spain?
0: So, um, as you said, I studied film in New York, I was born and raised in New York City. And uh, I always wanted to be a filmmaker, but then uh, I started uh, studying flamenco uh, the summer before I went to college. Um, I've been dancing since I was a kid, ballet, tap and jazz. Um, but when I discovered flamenco, it just hit me really hard and very deeply. And um, and I was uh, blessed with amazing teachers there. Uh, and so all through uh, my university years, I was studying flamenco. And when I graduated, instead of jumping into the film world, I discovered decided to go to Spain for a year and study as much as I can and uh, basically never came back and just uh, you know the flamenco bug entered into my veins and uh, it was tunnel vision from then on. What is it
1: that hit you so hard about flamenco? I mean I can tell you know having taken your class how passionate you are but what is it? I mean how did it hit you? Where did it hit you?
0: Um, Well, first off, on the first level, uh, on the physical level, it was the dance. Uh, So other styles of dance require a different body type. Uh, I have a more round body type and uh, I felt very comfortable in the movements and especially in the rhythm. The rhythm really uh, affected me and uh, I felt very closely um, connected to uh, uh, the deep beats. Then when I moved to Spain um, it was really flamenco in general which inspired me. uh, The singing, the guitar, the music. The music is what most inspires me In flamenco, and what uh, really, at the end of the day, moves the body. Yeah, I mean,
1: I witnessed, you know, the different rhythms, as you as you refer to there in the music, and I, I didn't really kind of realize. I mean, obviously, I've seen and I've seen shows. I've tried tried hard to dance, been absolutely thoroughly useless, but I can see, you know, that there's so many different staccato kind of sections to it that you you know it is such an unbelievably hard thing actually to master i was kind of amazed at how tricky it was to get my you know different body parts moving in time to all the different beats with all the different mudras and all the different kind of like yeah, dance steps. It was, it was very, very tricky. So I'm fascinated
0: to hear more about, you know, how you kind of got into those different rhythms. So, yes, flamenco is definitely a very complex art form because, as I said, it's not only uh, about the dance and the movement, but it's a whole culture. Um, so the rhythms are called palos, and there are hundreds of different palos uh, that you have to uh, learn and uh, integrate in your uh, in your body and in your mind. And then uh, uh, the next layer is, of course, the cante, the singing, uh, which is the foundation of all the flamenco. It's the most um, old school part of flamenco because flamenco started oral, with the oral tradition through the voice and um, so as a foreigner coming into the flamenco world uh, first of all the most important thing is of course speaking Spanish and understanding what the singers are singing about and also to be able to to communicate with the other artists When I moved to Spain in 2000, it wasn't so common. Uh, Foreign flamenco dancers weren't so common. So it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, um, a tricky terrain to enter. But slowly, uh, you know, with uh, discipline and dedication. And uh, I just love the art form so much that uh, all I wanted to do was soak it up. And it wasn't even my plan to be a professional dancer. All I wanted to do was just learn as much as I could and be the best dancer that I could and respect the art form as best I could. In what in what way were
1: those reactions tricky when you kind of came on the scene as a as a foreign flamenco dancer? What what kind of situations did you come up against? <sighs>
0: Well, um, I mean, I have one advantage, which is that I look Spanish, so uh, on the first meeting, so to speak, people aren't thrown aback, as opposed if uh, I was uh, Japanese or, you know, uh, from a Nordic country, um, then then maybe, uh, you know, I got my foot into the door uh, because I look the part, so to speak. But once I open my mouth, I mean, I speak fluent Spanish, but I still have an accent, so... Um, You know, people would uh, kind of joke about my accent in the dressing rooms and uh, maybe assume that uh, I didn't have as as much knowledge. Uh, Of course, I didn't have as much knowledge as people who were raised with this art form. Um, But I really did... um, Respect and humility are key. Um, When you're entering any type of uh, cultural art form that isn't of your own. And uh, so, you know, I just, my, my passion was so deep for it that um, I just really wanted to um, learn as much as I could. I went to see every flamenco show, um, you know, singing, guitar, dance, whatever it was, I was there. And um, so, yeah, it was a little bit uh, of a struggle in the beginning. Uh, but, you know, then throughout the years, people uh, got to know me. And, you know, uh, I worked enough in the tablaos, which are the kind of uh, local venues um, in Spain, where that's where you get the most experience. And I also danced in different dance companies. Um, and then I created my own dance company. And so by then, you know, I... I, I knew everybody and everybody, you know, it, it really is a small community. So it's uh, it's pretty easy to, um, you know, create your own family within the community.
1: I think it's kind of beautiful that someone would be so passionate about something that they would, you know, move countries and basically dedicate their life to something. And then, you know, that kind of initial snootery or snobbery or whatever you want to call it is... It's just not valid, is it? Because it's, you know, you are basically saying, this is my life, I want to immerse myself, I'm going to give myself to this thing that, you know, I want to just learn as much as I can and and be the best I can be. And I think that's, like, a wonderful thing. Like, when anyone comes here and, for example, gets involved in the regenerative agriculture scene, like, I think, oh wow that person loves this island so much they want to do something extremely positive and put something back into the earth and I feel that's you know the same as what you do with your feet and your hands and all the other wonderful parts of you that move in these magical ways that I probably won't master in this lifetime but what is it that you specifically think that you know maybe a girl like me who's just starting out you know really needs to what was the first thing you learned about flamenca that you feel is really intrinsic to being able to embody this practice?
0: So um, people fall in love with the dance uh, right away because it's the most accessible visual form of flamenco um, but as I said the essence of flamenco is is the singing. For me what moves me on stage is when the singer opens his or her, her mouth and the guitar accompanies him or her and that is what impulses you to move in one way or the other. So as Many people know flamenco is uh, mainly improvisatory uh, art form. So you have your steps, um, which you've created, uh, but you don't have a choreography when you get on stage, uh, usually in the tablaos, unless you have a choreographed show for a theater. And so really you get on stage and you don't know what's gonna happen. Everybody has a different mood, everybody's going through a different day, everybody has a different experience. And then, you know, nighttime comes, you're in the dressing room, you're putting your makeup on, you're doing your hair you're putting the girdle on. Yes, we wear girdles. And, you know, God. Oh yeah, it's uh it's it's pretty tight in there. I
1: told you there was a lot of dedication in there. <laughs> I'm
0: telling you. But you it, you believe me. You uh, you're thankful for the support at the end of the day. And you put on your amazing amazing costumes and um and you get on stage and uh and you know, pray that 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 the duende uh that the magic happens. And for somebody who is starting out, um I would say that listening to, to, to flamenco live is uh, is the closest you're gonna get to an immersive experience um, and uh, it takes like I said it takes a, a lot of passion and a lot of dedication but let me tell you like people come from all over the world to uh, Madrid and Seville to learn flamenco and um, and and the passion is so great that, uh, uh, yeah, you kind of uh, forget everything that came before. I mean, I wanted to be a filmmaker since I was a kid and I was like hardcore New Yorker, you know, and all of that just kind of washed away. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm grateful for my path. It was unexpected, um, but it led me here today, so.
1: I think the first ever Flamenco show I ever attended was in Granada, and I've had a real, like, desire to go back that city and actually make a a podcast about flamenco specifically so you know your classes coming into my world was very special and as well as Maria uh, who was also teaching at the project who I loved uh, both of your sessions very very different styles but both amazing and I and I feel like I was quite intrigued to know like is there you know you say you were 20 years in Madrid and you kind of like experienced this situation when you first kind of came into the scene but I wonder like is there a different style of flamenco that exists in different spanish
0: cities or how
1: does it how does that work
0: uh, yes of course there are different styles um and even within the the same city there's artists that have different styles um, so people say that in madrid uh the style is more technical more footwork speed Um, And then in the south it's more arte, it's more um, about, um, you know, uh, it's more earthy, it's more getting into the ground. But those lines have been blurred because most of the people who are from the south go to Madrid because that's where the hub is um, and then within that there are different, uh, different styles uh, maybe more contemporary styles uh, with more straighter lines and then more traditional styles um, so I was lucky enough to study with a uh, flamenco Uh, traditional flamenco gypsy family dynasty called the Farrucos. And um, I discovered them very early on when I was in Sevilla. And as soon as I saw uh, the mother, La Farruca, as soon as I saw her dance and as soon as I saw her class, I was like... That is the flamenco that I want to learn. And uh, they, back in the day, they were teaching um, in a space which, which was literally a garage. And, um, you know, their kids were really small. Now they're like, you know, grown adults with their own kids and uh, and very well-known dancers like Farruquito and and Farru. And uh, I was just immersed in the flamenco world there in Sevilla and was lucky enough to immediately find the style that most suited my soul and and my body which is uh which is quote-unquote a more puro pure flamenco style um which doesn't mean that of course I don't appreciate other styles that's just the one that that most uh, was intrinsic to uh to the way I I felt I wanted to express myself on stage
1: I mean, I just love the way they kind of just like luzz down a bit of wood on the floor and jump on and just, I mean, that's the kind of style I saw in Granada. Not the show, but just in the streets. And, you know, it's almost like you can just do it anywhere. You can sort of like bump into a group of musicians and, and kind of lay it down, which I've really loved. And I found that, you know, as you say, for you to tell me that you don't really know what's planned, it's not a choreographed sequence per se, if it's not a show, that's, that's quite an interesting, spontaneous and very passionate, Um, experience that you know we get to witness but I mean how does that feel for you when you when you did it just naturally feel like something your body has been waiting for your whole life the first time you started to dance flamenco
0: yeah it's amazing Uh, well what you just described uh, uh, at first uh, in your question is called uh, a when people just get together and start jamming usually late night alcohol is involved (laughs) And um, and 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 that's just when people just let it all out, and there's no uh, framework or inhibitions, and uh, and it, it truly is uh, just like a magical experience. Um, what 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 I feel, which is also what I feel now when I play music with a band, it's a, it's a similar uh, feeling. Uh, is the experience that's created on stage. So it's not choreographed, but there are codes. Um, uh, There are codes which are uh, 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 non-verbal that we all intrinsically know, and uh, so the the singer knows when to sing, the guitarist knows when to play a falsetta, which is a, uh, a musical interlude, and everybody knows how to stop at the same time, which is called a remate. So um, it's really just creating the feeling uh, uh, on stage, uh, which is also what happens in a musical band. Um, every day is different. Of course, no concert is the same. No flamenco show is the same. And, um, and what inevitably happens is that if the, if, the, if the magic is created on stage, that's what the audience uh, feels and that's what transmitted so really we're not we're not performing for the audience even though that sounds weird it's really we're performing for us flamenco is very united kind of um, everybody wants to support each other and that's all that's also what I feel when I play with my band Um, and and that's the kind of Spark and, and and high that you feel when you're on stage, and and then and then when you get off stage, the best thing that can happen is that you don't remember what happened. So if I get off stage and I don't remember, I was like, "What just happened?" Then that's when you know that uh, that the duende came. That
1: mm-hmm. you were in your flow, and um, there's been a lot of that actually at this Yoga Fit Festival, which is a cheesy comparison. But ultimately, we were doing this thing called flow dance meditation. And, you know, it's that awkward moment of going in to begin because you don't know what to expect. And then suddenly you drop in, you know, to your body and you get out of your head because obviously you're freaking out about how ridiculous you look at the beginning. And suddenly something happens and you just kind of feel this. Yeah, you just freedom, I suppose, to just kind of do whatever comes and not feel judged. And I can imagine that must be a little bit about, you know, how you feel when you're performing. But I love this idea that you said at the beginning about, um you know this you didn't say it but i was thinking oh that must be quite good for stress relief like when you see these people stamping their feet and clapping their hands like full power especially after a few drinks but what a great way to end the day if you've had a a crazy a crazy one
0: uh, for sure i mean i remember days where um you know i was i, I remember one particular day i i moved house in madrid um And my friend was helping me uh, with her car. So we were just doing, did like 10 trips with like plastic bags going up and down the stairs. And it took all day and it was really uh, tiresome. And then that night I had two two shows and I was like, I just can't, I just do not think that I can do this. I just, I don't know where the energy is going to come from. And literally, I remember um, just from the, the sheer—you uh, know—when you're just so exhausted, you get to this like next level where you just abandon and let yourself go. And I remember uh, uh, even the singer that was singing that day. He's the singer who who sings in in, in my in my company, Roberto. Uh, you know, he started singing, and it was like this this chute of energy, and uh, and it just—you know—I just went wild, you know. And then I remember one of the other dancers uh, that I was that was in the show also that day he was like leila i've like never seen you like what happened he's i was just like i don't even know what happened you know and that was the day that i realized that no matter how tired you are you always have a kind of like generator kind of within you to to push you to the next level um yeah i mean the 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 human mind and the human body is is mysterious and we don't even know what we're capable of so
1: I often feel like that about podcasting, I must say. There are days where I'm just like, I am rinsed. There's nothing left here. I've got nothing interesting, you know, to say. I couldn't possibly hold this together to have a conversation. And then I force myself sometimes to go and meet someone. And I have the most incredible conversation. It just flows. It's easy. It's amazing. It's fascinating. And then I'm like, hi, as a kite. And I'm like, why did you even think that you weren't going to be able to pull that out the back because it's the thing that you love to do more than anything else in the world so I think that you know again comes back to I guess doing your passion there's always something left in there somewhere when you're doing the right thing that you know kind of lights you up and in with regard to like, where does like flamenco obviously it's a Spanish thing but like where specifically which pocket of Spain was it born is there is there like a rivalry that goes on
0: within the gypsy camps or so, uh, I mean, there are many different theories, but flamenco uh, originated in Andalusia, in the south of Spain. And uh, the theory is that it's it was born from a mixture of Andalusian folkloric culture and gypsy culture. And, um, and like I said, it started with the cante, it started with the singing. Uh, gypsy families... Uh, you know, still to this day, uh, um, it's part of their day to day life of singing, uh, uh, you know, at weddings and baptisms and birthday parties and Christmas. It's just, it's just uh, 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 you know, part of their culture. And in Andalusia, also, it's very much part of their culture. Yeah, if I could... Uh, you know the Feria de Sevilla, Sevillanas, and um, so uh, yeah, there is a little bit of um, of rivalry between the south and uh, and Madrid. But like I said, I mean, Madrid is so full of um, artists from all over Spain that uh, that you can get a little bit of everything.
1: Have you spent much time, kind of, with the you know the gypsy community, learning flamenco? Is that is that where it, I know that kind of where it came from? But have you have you immersed in that culture?
0: Uh, yes, very much so. I mean, uh, uh, gypsy artists are an integral part of the flamenco community, um, and you know, but there are non gypsies also, and uh, both cultures. Uh, uh, are, um, you know, super professional and amazing artists. Um, uh, I did find a a certain uh, connection uh, with gypsies just because of uh, my Jewish culture, and uh, they find Jewish culture very fascinating. They recognize the Star of David, um, and there's a lot of uh, similarities uh, in terms of... uh, you know family values like we're very tight-knit in, in, in our families uh, respect for the elders um, so so I did find that in that sense there was a very uh, similar kind of you keep together to sur- survive this kind of uh, uh, instinctive uh, uh, nature that that we have in, in, in Jewish culture is also um, is also very uh, prevalent in the gypsy uh, uh, community and uh and you know, it's uh, uh, after so many years in the flamenco community in in Madrid and in Seville, also. Um, you know, you you become friends. You're invited to their homes, and vice versa. And uh, yeah, it's just been it's just been an amazing ride, honestly. Amazing experience.
1: Have you met any kind of in, anybody in the gypsy community in Ibiza? What do you, what do you know about the the people that kind of live on the island?
0: Uh, yes, I know them very well. I perform with them very often um, I also had a a, a boyfriend who um, who's a musician who's gypsy and uh, he uh, this was many years ago and he introduced me to um, uh, his whole flamenco circle and that's how I met all the musicians the flamenco musicians on the island and started performing on the island this was over 15 years ago and um and he was also the one who introduced me to the musical scene the live musical scene of all the ibisencos in Ibiza so um um like I love flamenco but I also love other styles of music and on Ibiza uh the live music scene which is obviously less well known than the electronic music scene um, is the scene that I I, I love to, to be in. Live music is my life, and um, and it was through my experience uh, 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 in that time that I discovered all the local musicians and um, and all the bands and uh, met all these amazing songwriters, and uh, that is how um, I started becoming inspired to writing music. Which was totally unexpected. Uh, You know, for me it was like flamenco all the way, and uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, I started learning how to play the guitar and um, and started writing music, and it was a whole other world that I didn't even know uh, existed within my my sphere. So um, yeah, I just uh, love being surrounded by live music and musicians, and and uh, and they're great. Uh, amazing musicians, flamenco and other styles on the island that are, um, you know, so inspiring. I love the fact that you're bringing this up because I think, you know, people just don't
1: remember Ibiza for the live music scene. And often a lot of musicians come here and there's like, there is no live music scene. This needs work. It's not enough. But I think if you know where to find it, if you know which little pockets that it exists, and there are so many different, you know, Genres, but different kind of places and spaces that this does actually go down, and I think you know I'd love to hear maybe just for anyone's listening specifically where where can they find these little um little places
0: um well it, it is true that it's not as prevalent as other music scenes um, and it is it, it is more difficult to to find and it, I do agree that it does need uh, more work and visibility um, But uh, there are amazing places to uh, see live music on the island, even in the winter, um, like Lydia's Kansuldat, Social Point, um, Shamarkanda. I mean, I perform all over the island um, uh, playing music and and, uh, you know, it's, it's different because it's not uh, necessarily uh, my own music, which is why it was so important to me to, um, to bring uh, 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 my music to the island uh, next week. And um, uh, there's also an amazing uh, festival, music f- festival called Sueños de Libertad, um, and he's been organizing the festival for the last five, six years. And he brings, uh, bands from, uh, major bands from Spain. It's one of my favorite festivals because it's very local and a lot of Spanish people come and it's, um, it's amazing bands that you'll, you won't see otherwise. And, uh, the vibe is also just a uh, very, um, organic and, uh, um, uh, just very grounded which is which is uh, what I like I like you know uh, I just love uh, uh, Ibiza culture and I love you know my best friends my two best friends are Ibisenko and um, they're just very family oriented girls and they work and they take care of their families and um, and yeah that's the main reason why I moved here it's because I would uh, love to raise a family here as opposed to in a city I just I just think that it's a it's a great place to to raise kids. <laughs> beautiful.
1: I think you know it's amazing, isn't it, that your ex boyfriend kind of introduced you to you know your whole entire world here in some ways. And I think um, so. You know, sometimes people look back on their ex partners as with regret, but that's clearly not the case um, with you guys, which is beautiful. So which came first? I mean, do you, th- you feel like the dance inspired this kind of new foray into the world of music? And, and what, you know, when did that moment come when you were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up a guitar? Was it in lockdown?
0: No, actually. Um, I originally wanted to study, learn how to play the guitar. It was 2015, so pretty late on. Um and I started learning flamenco guitar with my uh, friend Antonia, who is one of the only—not uh, the only—but she's the most well-known female flamenco guitarist from Cadiz. And I said, "Listen, do you want to do exchange, an exchange and um, and teach me some flamenco guitar, and I'll uh, teach you English?" And she was like, "Yes, please. I, um, you know, I need to brush up on my English." And um, and so I thought that I would learn how to play flamenco because it's more complicated. And so I could communicate better with the guitarists and, and know more about flamenco musicality. But uh, after a couple of classes, you know, she would she would show me a chord. And I would be like, oh my God, this is like Angie by the Rolling Stones. Or uh, she would show me another chord. I would be like, oh my God, this is like uh, me and my Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. And then literally after a few classes she was like Leila I think you don't want to learn flamenco I think you want to learn like rock music and I was like you know what I don't want to learn flamenco guitar I just want to learn how to play the guitar and that's when my friend Tom who's this um, English friend of mine who plays in a a 70s rock cover band uh, you know he came over and he was like and the classes would be like all right learn this all right see you next week and it was just he was just like teach me some songs and stuff and then one day magically after one of our classes I wrote my first song and I was literally sitting in my apartment my little what the apartment in Madrid with my guitar and I kind of looked around I was like did anybody else see that oh my god what just happened and it was just pure pure magic because it wasn't planned I, I it's like I was somehow guided by the stars to to write the lyrics and the music and and i really thought it was going to be only one song but um thankfully it's kind of like the floodgates were were open to this new uh artistic expression and wow i'm just uh it still blows my mind (laughs) so what was the first song that you wrote so the first song that i wrote which is actually on my um my debut ep is called roam the heavens and um it's actually about uh, that uh, boy that I was telling you about, yes, of course, of course and um and it's a song about uh, not giving up hope for true love and um and I remember writing it because I just uh uh, needed to express some things that I couldn't uh, necessarily express to him personally, and uh, and so it was very therapeutic, and also just to express uh, um, you know my belief that uh, no matter you know what happens in life and love, um, you know whether you get hurt or uh, whether things don't work out, that to to just you know. Uh, always believe that there's uh, that there's true love out there. and um, and when I sing the song uh, on stage, I introduce it like that. and um, and I'll never forget my my friend Fiona. Uh, she was like, I'm never gonna love again. it's not for me. And I sang she came to my one of my first concerts and I sang that song. and she came up to me and she was crying and she was she was like, okay I believe again and I was like that is the most beautiful thing anybody could ever say if what you wanted to transmit another person receives that's what it's all about how do you think you reopen
1: yourself after such perhaps dark times in a relationship out of interest
0: um Well, writing music really helps. Uh, I have to say that, uh, yeah, my best songs are are breakup songs. (laughs) Um, Because it's uh, expressing heartbreak through music is, uh, for me, obviously different people have different forms of of expression, is the healthiest, um, kind of purest way for me to... Uh, to say what I need to say and also to understand what I'm feeling because sometimes you know you're going through all these emotions and you don't really um, understand what's going on and you don't know how to deal with, with the emotions and um, channeling them through lyrics and music is uh, I just find it to be such a such a blessing to have that uh, that opportunity to to sit down with my guitar and I, I don't plan it you know I'm just like, maybe sitting on my couch and uh, thinking about a situation or thinking about how I feel and then maybe a lyric comes into my head and then I pick up the guitar and I find the chords and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe something happens, maybe something doesn't. Uh, But usually if I have a very clear uh, uh, idea or message that I want to come across, as long as I keep that focus... Um, then I'm always redirected towards it when I write a song and it and it has a clear kind of uh, uh, um, line so when I started I didn't really know what I was doing Um, I didn't really know that many chords I didn't really know that much about song structure Um, so I, I wrote very blindly but I love music so much and I I'm I was exposed to so many different styles growing up in New York City. My parents are music lovers, you know. Um, so, so I kind of had like an intuition. And then I started studying music um, in Madrid because I was teaching in a, in, a, in a music school that had a dance section. And I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can take music classes being a teacher here. So I went to the office and I'm like, can I sign up for music classes? They're like, yeah, sign up for as many classes as you want. I was like, what? Oh, my God. So I started taking, you know, um, uh, musical theory. And then I signed up for a band class and they teach you how to play in a band. So, um, so, yeah, so going, uh, uh, I mean, love is obviously a major theme in a lot of uh, my songs, Uh, not only relationship love friendship love um, other people's love stories also inspire me and um, yeah I just hope that uh, other people can can connect to it but I think it's such a universal theme that people always kind of identify with some part of the song
1: for sure I mean a lot of people have made a lot of money writing about love (laughs) Um, and I think yeah obviously it's kind of how do you I was giving a talk at um, the the retreat about you know finding your voice through podcasting and it's like what's the number one way to get people to engage with your podcast and it's Mm. talking about emotion you know Mm. as soon as you bring emotion into play everything changes and people connect to you in a whole different way so if you're you know laying your heart on the line through your lyrics and your musicality I think that's a yeah it's a very very wonderful beginning and so you've got five tracks on the EP in total which is going to be launched this weekend because this is coming out on Monday, um, at Can Cacao, which I've only had the pleasure of um, visiting just once, actually, for the Fermentista's birthday party uh, a few years back. It was a lovely, lovely um, experience and some very yummy food. Mm. But I think you're going to definitely, probably, um, yeah, perhaps outdo them this weekend.
0: Ah. <sighs> yeah, so the EP came out in uh, November. It's called The Curve. And... Actually, the title song is uh, not a love song, but it's a, um, it's a song about a car accident that I had when I just, a few months after I got my license. And I was, uh, I was really kind of affected and traumatized by it. And, um, but strangely enough, like these three notes came into my head, like very shortly after the accident. And I was feeling very, very guilty about it. I was, like, I was like, I can't think about music right now. I have to think about, you know, all this other kind of subsequent consequences of, 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 of the accident and um but those three notes just stuck in my head and um and then you know when i kind of processed my uh my fear and my and my emotions i started writing this song and um and yeah that's how that's how i wrote the curve um and then uh, the other songs um, there's some old songs like roam the heavens my first song and then uh, it's a, it's a, it's a mix of um, of old and new, and um, I recorded it in Cordoba, in the south of Spain, with my producer Fernando Bacas, who I actually met through flamenco, and he's a flamenco rock producer, um, very cool and very everybody knows him in Cordoba, and you walk in the streets and everybody's like Fernando, Fernando. And, um, but he has all the folk references that you can ever imagine. I mean, we bond on so many songs Um, and he knew what style of music I wanted to do. I mean, I knew I wanted to do psychedelic folk and I really wanted to be very 70s because I love anything 70s, like style, music, fashion, architecture, you know. And, um, and so we, I went down with the band. which was uh, nico martin my electric guitarist jesus caparros uh, bass and Shayam fati drums and we recorded the album in three days and then he and then we added some um guest artists um which i've gotten to know over the years through to flamenco and uh and i couldn't be happier with the sound honestly i it's like a dream come true i i, I honestly if you would have told me like 10 years ago yeah you're gonna record an album with the band I would have been like you're crazy um, so it's just something that I, I was like okay let's do it let's just do it now or never you know and um, so we presented uh, we had the EP launch in Madrid which was amazing uh, in a in a, a venue called El Intruso and then it was my dream to do a Ibiza launch in the countryside so that was I didn't want to do it in a closed venue I really wanted it to be out in the open organic because um, the music is very suitable to that kind of Ibiza green pasture flowers and your hair vibe um, and uh, I've performed at Cancacao before Maria Giulia and Francesco who organize events there are my dear friends and and they're very supportive of my of my work And I knew that I wanted to make it an event. So um, uh, James Knight, who you of course uh, know, agreed to uh, do the catering. So it's going to be a concert um, during the day and then a lunch. Um, He's catering an amazing uh, menu. And then the wines are by um, Acid. And uh, I just want, you know the band uh, to enjoy themselves, my family and friends, and, and everybody who, you know, hopefully new people that I'll meet to uh, immerse themselves in the experience and hopefully uh, feel the same vibes that we felt when we, when we recorded.
1: So is this available? I mean, I've heard some of the tracks on Spotify, but are you going to release this as a, as a full, fully formed kind of um, piece, like as, a, as an album or as a record, as a physical, a
0: physical CD or... Uh, No, I didn't put out a physical um, CD uh, just because people don't really have CDs anymore. Um, I do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm Uh, I'm also a bit like you. I'm sort of stuck in the past. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I still have cassette tapes, so um, I know what you mean. (laughs) Um, um, I do eventually maybe want to put out a vinyl because I feel like because the music is so 70s, it kind of lends to that type of... um, uh, um, sound uh but for now you know the EP speaks for itself you can hear it you know on any digital platform that exists some of which I had never even heard of um and but really live is where it hits home I mean I'm just I was actually watching the video from from Madrid to kind of go over the songs and stuff and I was like wow I mean I don't think I've ever looked so happy and the musicians were happy we're all just like so happy together and you see footage of the of the audience and of course my parents were there and they were ecstatic and so proud and friends from Ibiza came and um it was just a beautiful communal experience which I hope that we can also mirror um on the 14th here in Ibiza.
1: I'm sure we will I literally can't wait I'm very excited it's in my diary and um yeah it's on and I think you know, it's just very different, isn't it, to have that kind of event on a on a Sunday to be able to get together, as you say, as a community. And I think, you know, we saw um, our mutual friend Maria Garcia performing at Telex. And I think, you know, I haven't really seen much flamenco happening or, you know, that kind of live, you know, musicianship from that kind of circle. So I think it's just going to be amazing to, to see your very tight-knit band. I've seen the videos and I've absolutely loved your vocals, by the way. You do have a very beautiful voice anyway, just t- to chat to, so... Um, Seeing you you sing was a whole new realm of, um, yeah, it was quite transfixing, actually, watching you on stage and your outfit and, yeah, the way it was all kind of filmed and put together. It was, yeah, very, very um, interesting to watch, intriguing, very different to what I expected as well. So I was
0: quite, um, yeah, surprised in a good way and um, can't wait to see it live. Very excited. I'm so excited to have you there. And, uh, yeah, obviously it's very different from uh, the flamenco outfit, to uh, psychedelic folk, Um, you know, a lot less makeup and no girdle. Um, (laughs) uh, It's very freeing. I mean, flamenco uh, is constrictive in terms of like the costumes that you're wearing and stuff, but it's very freeing in terms of um, the expression. And I find that with the music, um, I'm often... Uh, f- very focused on being in tune, um, and and so in both realms, uh, the most important thing for me that I'm kind of like a little bit of a perfectionist, a little a lot, um, is to let go of the technicality, just be myself, and you know trust that the light is going to come through, which is really the most important thing. So. Um, why did you decide,
1: just out of interest, to put the music out there on those digital platforms that you've mentioned that people don't necessarily have to pay for?
0: Hmm. Uh good question. Um I actually haven't thought about that. I think that uh maybe because it's my first work and um I'm not well known. Um, and also it's funny how people react to you, as a newcoming musician, when they know you as a flamenco dancer, like some people don't even uh, believe that 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 I can make music, you know, because I've been doing flamenco for for so long um, that people kind of box you. Um, I, I find that that happens a lot um, because people are comfortable to know you as such, and so when you you know all of a sudden you know uh, you're doing a whole. Other type of art form, which really isn't that, in in my mind, it isn't that um, far from one another. Uh, just because you're expressing uh, from within, you know, uh, there is a there is a little bit of skepticism, you know, until I put the first singles out. And I even remember some flamenco uh, singers being like, "Is that you singing?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." They're like, "Where did this even come from?" And, but what a lot of people don't know is that um, I actually originally started singing uh, in elementary school and in high school. I would do like musical theater. I was a musical theater nerd, you know. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, maybe I should think of uh, of putting it out there uh, for sale, but. I just follow the guidelines of what people are doing right now which is you know online uh, online music and um, and people you know putting out singles people don't really even put out albums anymore um it's just singles and singles and singles so for me right now uh I'm I'm in no rush to be you know well known I'm doing the music uh because it makes me happy and um if I can make a living from live music then I'm very happy and uh, so right now the, the music is available um, for everybody to listen to and uh, I just I just hope that people it makes people happy so
1: <laughs> I'm sure it makes many people very happy but just just intriguing because it, it can't be you know cheap to hire a studio and a producer and like get a whole band together and pay for their time and then to give the music away obviously you're gonna hopefully tour with this with this music and do more live events and get some merch on the go and go global um, and <laughs> that's what we want um, but i would totally buy the record i don't have anything to play it on but it would look very lovely on my on my uh, mantelpiece and um yeah just like if you had a physical copy of it i would definitely put it wow, okay. put it on in the car
0: thank you for putting that out there and for making me realize you know the the value you know uh we as artists you sometimes undervalue yourself uh, for fear or uh, um, you know uh, just society how society uh, views views art and uh, but yes definitely I don't know you think of merch and you think of uh, more well-known bands and stuff so I will definitely um, and also I just had the most amazing album cover Um, Mm -hmm. the photo is by Maria Santos she's an Ibisenko photographer she did all my promo photos and Emily Fika who you know um Uh, she designed uh, the, the, the album, she did the, the graphic design for the album cover and um, it's just super 70s and yeah, I actually want to see the vinyl. I'm going to go, I'm going to go make vinyls. That's going to be my next goal. I mean, if you're into the 70s, it's, it's, a, it's a
1: non-negotiable in my head and I, you know, the merch is obviously going to be your incredible outfits in the, all from the
0: 70s and I the best glasses. Merch. I do have merch actually. Retro um, merch. Um, I have, uh, I made, um, I call them inspiration notebooks. And they're little notebooks so you can write your ideas and a diary. And the logo is um, is a sunflower um, eating its own petal that's actually from my second music video, Break Your Spell. So uh, my mom will be there um, harassing everybody to, to buy the inspiration notebooks.
1: <laughs> I'm going to buy one and I can't wait to meet your mom. In fact, I met her once very briefly in the jockey club, almost.
0: Yes, uh, my parents will be there with bells on. Uh, they're no, my number one fans in flamenco and in music. And Where do they live? They live here. I'm blessed to have my parents here. So my, the reason why uh, my mom moved here first, and uh, she's been living here for almost 20 years. She's an artist. Her name is Elizabeth Louis. She's an amazing painter. And uh, and yeah, we've been coming here since I was a teenager. Um, my parents were I don't know very alternative. New Yorkers, and somebody one day told them, "Oh, you know, there's this island in Spain called Ibiza. You should come." And they were like, "Okay." So you know, packed up the kids and uh, went to Ibiza. And of course, you know, me and my sister were 15 and 13, and you know, going to pacha and uh, and weird parties, and uh, you know, introduced to uh, uh, Ibiza lifestyle at a very young age, and. Um, and then we continued coming here. And then my dad moved here after quarantine. Uh, my parents are, even though they're not together, they're very good friends. And, um, and yeah, my sister lives in, in New York still. But, uh, you know, we're all very close. So.
1: Oh my God, having your parents here is the dream. I would literally, yeah, move heaven and earth to have mine on this wonderful chunk of rock that we're sitting on. I think we should end with some clapping, just because we can applaud ourselves for our wonderful work. But oh, I'd I like that. you to demonstrate the flamenco clapping for me. It suddenly came to my mind, and I was like, not really mastered the clapping. Could also <laughs> refer back to and try to learn. So if you wouldn't mind, what kind of clapping are you going to do for us?
0: Okay, so I'm going to do a little buleria, um, which is uh, it's a, a 12 uh, a beat rhythm. Um, and I'm going to do a little jaleos, which are kind of like the um, uh, you know the cheers that people kind of express when they're when they're clapping um so here's a little buleria i'm not going to sing because i can't sing flamenco f- to save my life they'll kick me out of the country so here we go buleria ah toma 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 ah catra catra tra tra que mira que mira que mira que mira tra catra, catra, tra 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 ole love that
1: oh, i love that too everyone on the beach is now looking at us like we're very strange <laughs> beautiful i wish i had a bit of wood and some fancy shoes for you as well but that's that sunday maybe no not sunday but the next time you do a show let me know because i want to come and watch you and it
0: hasn't happened yet i will thank you so much it's been such a pleasure um Honestly, like just sitting here with the waves, as you said, how do you call them in uh, Hawaii? Ulolas. Ulolas. are oh, so beautiful. If I have a little girl in my life at any point, I'm going to call her Ulola. I think that's a beautiful name. I totally vibe with that. And um, and yeah, I'm so happy that we made it happen, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. With um,
1: Yeah, I'm feeling very earthed and grounded after sitting uh, on this wonderful chunk of beautiful beach that I um, don't really spend much time on. So it's been really lovely, actually, for a whole week just to be... On a little staycation vibe
0: at Yoga Fit. So, thank you again, and I will see you on Sunday. Thank you, Joel. Can people get the tickets? Oh, uh, they can get tickets on my website, leylabrookimusic.com.
1: And I will put the link to that in the episode show notes. We'll see you next Friday.
0: Reset Rebel. It's the Reset It's the Reset It's the Reset Yeah. Mm-hmm.